Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to Busy Playing Something, episode 62. I'm your host for this evening, Joshua LaRosa, joined by the producer, Vincent Candelo. Hello, hello. Yes, happy lockdown 6.0 to everyone. Exactly. And Duncan Rupper's uh, best friend, the Mandalorian himself, <laughs> Dom. Welcome back, Dom. Is it lockdown 6.0? Yeah. So are we past Tokyo Drift at this point? Where are we on the Fast and Furious scale? <laughs> Oh, uh, it's it's something to do with family, and Dom would know everything about that. Yeah. Mm. Are we going to space yet? Is that not yet? It's Sean's the Fast and Furious guy. He always does the the, the joke. Are we oh, yeah. we haven't gone to space yet, have we? No, no, that's the latest one. That's Fast Nine. Three movies with three more lockdowns off space. Yeah. Right. Okay. So ne- yeah, the next thing's COVID actually comes from space. <laughs> oh just my aliens. goodness! I didn't mute my phone. That's how professional I am today. Let me just. Turn that off, unless you want to hear ringtones and things going off in the background. But we are busy playing something. Uh, we are a video game podcast sometimes when we want to be. But uh, obviously, Sean's not here today, guys. So you've got uh, Vinny, myself, and Dom. Um, but welcome. Welcome to everyone in the chat. Now, we generally do, Dom, just to, just a heads up. We usually do a bit of an icebreaker, right? We have the sheet prepared with what we're going to talk about. But I want to throw that out the window for today. Um, I want to tell you guys a story and i want to walk you through the last few days of my life all right okay all right? let's do it so Vinny knows a little bit about it because i actually called him um about this earlier this week so we've recently gone this is not video game related we've recently gone to construction on our new home and um we had to take down a fence that was on the boundary now seemingly we have this uh what do we, what do we call it a neighbor from hell is i don't know if that's the right term yeah. Yeah, who threatened to go to the police if we uh, entered their land and all those fun things. So uh, after days of back and forth, and let me tell you the reason why. Not because they don't want the fence down, not because they're worried that it's going to be exposed, because they put some fresh lawn down and that they didn't want anyone stepping on their lawn. So that's enough about me. What I want to ask you guys is, have you ever had an encounter with a human being uh, that you were just like, hmm, Mm, not a big fan. Not a big fan. Vinny, you, you seem like you get annoyed at people often. Like, <laughs> talk, talk us through. Has this ever happened to you before? Yeah. Like, people just piss. Like, no offense there. You know, people being people. people but, you know, working retail, you realize that you slowly begin mm. to hate people. And mm. and it's just, you find out that common sense is not so common. And I think that is the biggest takeaway from human beings. That, And also, another thing. Good manners cost nothing and are worth everything. Mm. So a big please and thank you goes a long way. doesn't matter who you're saying it to. And exactly that is a lot, like all I can say. And the people who are rude, I will be rude to them back, but I do never instigate it, but I'll just retaliate. And my hatred for people comes from people who treat other people like shit. Mm. So yeah, I can name a few. I won't, but just, just retail, just retail, retail at holiday season, retail at any other time has made me realize that people suck. And yeah, when we like, we'd get blamed for not having things. Yeah, it's like, why don't you have the PS4? Well, 
came out a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Don, what about you? Yeah. You're, you're the most loving, uh, happy-go-lucky person I know, so I don't think you've ever been annoyed at anyone ever. But tell us, has Thank that you. ever happened to you? Yeah. Like, you guys know, most of the time it's happened to me. You guys have been there. You know, honestly, uh, just working in retail, um, we've seen some some shit, you know? Mm. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I very much agree with this philosophy there. Just um, if people have been a jerk to you, you know, you can either A, kill them with kindness, but they'll still be a jerk. Or mm. B, you know, you can give it back to them. So I just try, just just be cool. That's all I say. Just, you know, why are you going to be a jerk? Just be cool. Exactly. 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 But that's enough about that. We are going to talk some video games. We've got some really cool stories we're going to cover today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Avengers, Amazon's new MMO, New World, uh, as well as uh, one other topic, which has jumped out of my mind. We're going to be talking about consolidation in the industry. Um, as Sean Layden, the former PlayStation uh, boss, gave an interview. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. But what have we been playing? Vinny, what have you oh. been playing? All right, I just brought it down with me. Okay, so I've been playing... Chris Tales, which came out um, like two weeks ago, came out last week on the Switch. So I ended up picking it up on the Switch. Word of advice, um, the load times are a little longer on the Switch, but the quality of life I think is better because I was saying to Don before, it is an old school JRPG style. There are dedicated save points. So having the sleep function on a Nintendo Switch is your kind of save point. Whereas like if I'm playing it on Game Pass or I'm playing it on the PS4 or PS5, I have to find a save point to save before I can stop playing. So that's my little takeaway from Chris Tales, but so far I'm loving it. I like the art style. I think it's really cool. I like the story. I like the um, interdimensional like time warp mechanic in there. Um, another thing is I'm playing uh, TTS. So that's tabletop simulator for everyone who doesn't know. Been doing the the Digimon uh, TCG mod on there. So I've been mm -hmm. playing Digimon mm -hmm. TCG. It's kind of like how Dueling Book or Dueling Nexus, you have all the cards available to you, so you can really, um, yeah, do some deck deck practicing and net decking and all that stuff, preparing for tournaments. And I finally finished It Takes Two, and that was an amazing game. About 14 to 15 hours to play. I think we probably played 16 or 17 because we did all the, all the mini games and stuff. Yeah. Phenomenal game. The only thing was like, it didn't feel like there was like an end. It was just like, there was an there was no boss battle. It just kind of the game kind of just like ended. Did they get back together? I don't think we can spoil it now. Like I think enough times passed. It's not like yeah, yeah. They get back like together. The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, the, the the kid thinks that it's all her fault, and then the fam like the mum and dad go to connect and finally fall in love again and stuff. So right. it's so it's, it's kind of out of spite or out of guilt, really. I felt yeah. bad for the kid. They're like, eh, we should oh. get another crack. No, no, no. <laughs> they they, they learn to love each other again. Right. right. I like the idea of them doing it out of spite, but we'll show her. Stay together for the kids. <laughs> Relationship out of spite. I'm sure it could, it could be done. Oh, yeah, it, it, be it done. has been done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has been done. Exactly. Dom, what about hey. you? What have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing a couple of things. I've been uh, trying to get through my backlog. So I finished up uh, Zelda Skull Sword. Uh, I finished up Zelda Hyrule Warriors Ace. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what you do, even with the analog stick. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and I've been playing Gravia HD, getting my RPG on, mm, uh, nice. on the Switch. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Very nice. Um, and for myself, I haven't really been playing too much this week. I've been dealing with the uh, old mate's lawn, but um, 
still making my way through Death Store. Again, if you haven't played Death Store, Dom, you should play it. You will really enjoy it. Keep hearing that. Give it a go. Uh, and, of course, Final Fantasy X on the PlayStation Vita. The only way to play it. And Blitzball still sucks. Now, what are your thoughts on Blitzball? Let's have this discussion before we move any further. Because this has been... I've been told it's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm going in here. I'm playing. I don't know if it's the Vita. It's a really small screen. It's like I'm not really controlling the players. It's it's Even when you do go to that manual mode where you're flying around, I'm like, eh. Vinny. Okay, so first Defend off, it. I agree. I was supposed to think gaming. I want to hear what everyone else is playing in the chat. Mm, tell us your stories. Mm. Tell us stuff. We'll uh we'll talk about it. But first off, mm. Blitzball, Blitzball mm. is a little bit of tactics in there. There is some there are some chess like strategies involved in Blitzball. So if you're mm. not into you know picking a certain character, putting him in a certain position, and mm. then playing the game, you could even play the game automatically if you pick your right roster. So like you right. can, so you don't even have to do it. You can just do the sim game and you're you're fine. So it's, I mean, I'm probably looking at it through rose colored glasses because the last time I played it was on the PS2. So yeah. And that being said, I do have a PS3 and Nintendo Switch copy of those games that I haven't played yet. But right, yeah. I I mean, far as I remember, I loved it. It was my favorite Final Fantasy game, and I will still, I'll still continue to say that I really enjoyed ten. Even ten two to some extent, I actually enjoyed. I I actually enjoyed the skill tree in both games and the leveling up from different. Um, so in ten two, you could be a mage, thief, black, uh, dark mage, like all that stuff. It was really really good. Hmm. Would you say I need because I we're, we're heading into August, which is a bit of a dry month, but then we've got tales coming, I believe, in early September. Yes, and that's. Dom, we've been told that game's going to be about 50, 60 plus hours. Um, yeah, the Tales game is usually average at that. Yeah, I just finished if, uh, Vesperia and that popped in like 80. Yeah. My question to you, you both played Final Fantasy X, obviously. Dom, you mm. have you played as well? Yeah. Am I going to need to play X2? Is it like the, no. the game where it's not as good, it's not as influential in terms of, you know, the Final Fantasy games people talk about? Vinny, yeah, you want to take this one? Not unless you really, really yeah. get into the story. Oh. And even then, you don't really need to. Like, the, the game, yeah. Final Fantasy X as itself is a complete story, like, with an open ending, but even ten two doesn't leave anything to be desired in terms of an ending. So, mm. it's fine. All I know is I can say one thing, is don't sleep on Waka. He is the best character in that game. Really? Voice yeah. acted terribly, but it, it turns out he might be. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Man, that must have been in his early days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess yeah, they're back then they don't have a you know, not performing live, it's just probably just reading off a script and he's got no idea what he's talking about because uh half of the story is nonsensical. But uh we do have some answers in the chat as to what everyone's playing. And again, if you've got any questions, load us up. Uh we will be trying to cover all the questions that, that come through. Uh so if there's any specific questions you want to ask one of us, all of us, uh Please go ahead. But in the chat, let me uh, bring that up. So we got, uh, Vinny, um, you go for it, Vinny. We got uh, Scotsman <laughs> playing Pokemon Unite. Yeah, Joe, Joe Tolliday. Yeah. Um, Cyberpunk 27. Yep. Sky Rose Meow. Sky Rose Meow? Yeah. yeah. Revisited, revisited DDR. We're talking like Dance Dance Revolution? Yeah, I think we are. Hell yeah. So, I was trying so to work it out, my Dungeons yeah. Dragon. <laughs> no, no. We got someone with some moves in the chat. Yeah. Really. 
someone's yeah, got a better wow. sense of rhythm than all three of us combined. Yeah, I and, so. and yeah, dancing's never been a strong point. Yeah, no, yeah. not for me either. <laughs> so like that dream that you had. Yes. It's like, yeah. Um, I can't, a, I can't, hang on, you can't just you can't just the dream you had and then move on. Did he? Come on. <laughs> all right. Me. So I'm going to explain Josh's dream. Josh had a dream right. about me saying at the at his no, wedding. At at his wedding, he yeah. was doing speeches, and I stole the microphone from him, and I said, oh. "Like I was, I was there. I'm like oh, Josh, like I, I can't dance. I don't know how to dance." And like Maddie was there, like like she's Into expecting me to dance. She's like expecting me to dance with her. What do I do? And I was like, "It's like, yeah." The I way don't know he why you had to grab the mic. <laughs> the, the way he explained it is like I'm standing right next to him during the speeches, but I grabbed the microphone to tell the entire reception. Um, it made no sense. Yeah. That was so good. And even in the dream, I realized how stupid this was. And I'm like, do you have to tell me this now? <laughs> Why did you have to grab the microphone to tell me this? Um, but yeah, looks like uh, everyone's playing a lot of things. It's always great. Sometimes with everything that goes on, lockdowns, playing a game is always, uh, always yeah. fun. I, I really like yeah. it. Um, just one thing. Oh, Craig, do you have uh, any updates on Activision? Uh, no, we haven't personally like spoken about it or done any really re any research on it on the last couple of days. I do know that Jay Allen Brack stepped down. Yeah. So was it? that's, that's all, you know, that's good news, but depends on, you know, is he still on the board? Is he still getting paid? Is he just taking a sabbatical? Like these are all the questions that I haven't really done delve into, but it's good to see him not in a position of power anymore from that standpoint. So that's good. Um, it, it can be something that I guess you guys explore future in a future episode. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think our, our view on it, and maybe this is just me, is we want to come, if we're going to have the conversation, we'd like to come fully loaded with yeah. all the background information and knowledge. And this is yeah. a ever-evolving, ever-changing piece. Um, there's still news coming out every day, uh, it seems like. So maybe when we get to a point where it's a bit more solid and we can make um, some informed discussion, then we'll we'll definitely revisit it. Because it is it is obviously important um, to not only this show, to the industry itself. So Exactly. Um Thank you for that. Any other questions there in the chat before we move on? Maybe are we right to go? Is uh, somewhat yeah. but uh, covering some games that obviously released last week. Uh, the Ascent uh, is out. Uh, that's one that people were seemingly excited about. Uh, Yonder uh, and Samurai Warriors Five. Anyone interested or planning to play any of these titles from last week? Uh, I had friends who played tried to play the Ascent. It was pretty glitchy on I think PC from what from what mm. I heard. Um, cause it hasn't been optimized yet. So they are dealing with that until it gets patched. So it looked pretty cool, but just mm. so glitchy right now on PC at least. So maybe it benefits on it being an Xbox and Xbox one, but right now PC is probably not ideal, especially during it's the glitchiness happens during co-op, which is ideally what the game's designed for. Yeah. Don, what about yourself? Any of these games stand out as something you'd like to play? I have played the uh, Yonder the Galactic Chronicles before, and mm -hmm. uh, it's such a chill game. Like, like if you just want to ever play a video game to like relax the style of like the journey or anything mm -hmm. like that, Yonder's that because there's literally no enemies in the game. It's a fun little like farming slash uh, sort of like almost like a Stardew light, Palace Moon light. So that's a really cool game that I just recommend people check out just for like the chill factor of it. It's got a cool story, nice and chill. You know, got animals craft stuff it's great so i haven't picked that up on i don't know what they would have added to it mm. it's pretty yeah but uh yeah that's the only experience. it's enhanced 
<laughs> and this week's a bit of a dry week. Uh, we did have two titles that I thought stood out uh, that I had listed on here. Elder Souls. Uh, this might be one that you guys would be interested in, and it's a uh, challenging pixel art boss rush game, very inspired by Souls. You can or the Demon Souls uh, or the Souls like series. It's obviously taken the inspiration from the difficulty and in the name. Um, and this is out basically on all platforms. Uh, came out on the 29th. Is this something that you guys would would be looking to play? Uh, interested in at all, Dom? Yep, love to check it out. I've only seen like very little of it, so um, just for what I've heard, you know, I'm a fan of the Souls series. So any games like that, I mean, yeah, big up for sure. And go play. Yeah, and for myself, I'm a fan of the Souls series from afar. I do. Mm. I like looking at it. I do not like playing mm. it. That is too much. Too much uh, boss rush, too much battle, too much intensity, too hard for me. I'm not good at those kind of games, although I have played Dark Souls 2. So that's wow. that's it. Uh, played, played. Didn't finish, played. That was the one that people don't seemingly like as yeah. much. It wasn't the directed by... Quote, unquote, streamlined one. Yeah. Hard as balls. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... The, the last one that I wanted to shout out is The Forgotten City. Again, that came out in 28th, available on most platforms. Now, my understanding, this was originally a mod on Skyrim. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. Yeah, and it's now been released as a fully-fledged game, and it's been getting pretty strong reviews. So if you're interested in The Forgotten City, you can get that on, on basically all platforms. But we are now going to move on, Dom, to a little segment we like to call The Shoe Report. <laughs> Shuhei, let us change our name. There on the screen. Um, all right, guys. So like I said, we've got three topics we want to cover. Uh, the first one, we'll be talking about Marvel's Avengers, not the movie, the video game by Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix. Now, the question I want to ask to the chat before we go into the details, and this will be our chat question for the topic, and that is, can Avengers be saved? So give us your thoughts. It can be yes, no, maybe. You can give me a story. Uh, tell me if you think this game can Have be saved. Have you played it? Any Have you these. played it? Would you, you tell us? Playing it? Is this is what, yeah, is this what we're about to talk about that will bring you back? Exactly, exactly. But a bit of background information on the game. It originally released in August uh, of 2020. Uh, it's currently sitting at a 67 on Metacritic. Um, so recently, uh, Marvel's Avengers did have a free trial weekend on both Steam, PlayStation, and Stadia, um, which kicked off on the 29th of July and finished up earlier this month on the 1st of August, which was also my birthday, so a great day there. Now, what I want to talk about is uh, can Avengers be saved? So, again, a little bit of data, a little bit of analytics from their Steam numbers. Um, we obviously saw a spike in players during that free trial. Uh, so, a bit of context, the average player count in January uh, of this year was 536, um, which is obviously quite low with over a 1,000 peak players. Now, over the last 30 days, again, taking into account this was free um, for at least that week, uh, the average player count was close to 1,500 uh, with a peak of 10,000. So we did see an increase there. Now, in terms of what's coming, uh, the big, uh, I guess, post-game launch update will be the War for Wakanda free expansion that's launching in August 17th. Yes, Wakanda Forever. And that is seemingly bringing between 7 to 10 hours of content. They've confirmed that they're not going to be reusing any assets, and that was one of the criticisms of the base game. It was just repeated enemies and, and locations. Uh, they've got a pretty prolific voice actor voicing Black Panther, and that is Christopher Judge, who plays Kratos in the 2018 God of War. And they've also confirmed two new bosses. 
Now, we've spoken about it a lot. Vinny has spoken about it a lot, but we'll quickly run around the ground and just give our quick impressions, I guess, on the game at whole, uh, as, as, as a whole game, and how we think Square are handling everything, right? They're seemingly committed. They're not letting this one go. Um, so we'll just give our quick thoughts around the table. Dom, we'll start with you. What are your impressions of the game, firstly? I picked it up on launch, and uh, I love Square Enix to death. Um, it started off so strong, uh, and it finished very strong, story-wise. It was that middle bit where it just kind of went to a uh, Destiny kind of mode where you would just run in missions, um, and there was, like, those objectives to complete that were really weird, like, collect this amount of... And that's where I feel like they struggled. Uh, and most abuse said the same thing, so... The strong suit of your game was the narrative that you put into it. Mm. And you clearly put the effort in at the start and the end. Just to let it drop off like that. I'll let the sound taste in mine now. Um, I think they're learning from that with this Silver Kind of Forever expansion. Hopefully, uh, it continues on that track and delivers a, delivers a wicked story. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think the um, Guardians of the Galaxy game is really going to be the one benefits from this because I think it's going to be what Avengers should have been. Exactly. Uh, Vin, you obviously we, we've spoken about our impressions of the game, so I'm going I'm, to, I'm throwing in a modifier on this question. I'm going to ask you, what are your impressions as to how Square Enix have been updating the game, how they've been, you know, seemingly very committed to, to making this game work? Are you, are you feeling confident that they can, you know, pull a Final Fantasy fourteen on this, or you think it's dead in the water? They are beating a dead horse, is what I like to think. But, I mean... Dom's right, and like they did have some strong points from what I've heard about the game. I tried to play the game online with you guys when the free when the beta first came out, and I couldn't even connect with you guys. So I was like, "That's it, the game's done. I'm not even going to touch it." And the fact that this game, I think, as of November 2020, so that's like the last information I had. This game has sold three million copies at that point, and to have their view of their their, their sorry their um their player base to be 500 people, appalling. Mm. And are they going to fix it with um? Are they going to draw some audience back in for the Wakanda Forever package? Sure. Is it going to last? No, because the the outliers are still there. Like all the flaws of the game are still there. You said all the mid game, which is essentially 90% of the game. If you're saying 5% of the start, 5% of the end, 90% of the middle. And it's just those repetitive tasks. So mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're not using any old assets for the expansion, but they're still not delivering on promises that they said they were going to deliver in March. Spider-Man. Yeah. Where is he? Where where's my pictures of Spider Man? Where's my no. J.K. Simmons yelling? Yeah, All exactly. Right. They but, should. They surely when they announce him, they need to have J.K. Simmons just uh, doing the voice in the background. Like that would just yeah. be perfect. Always forgiven. Always forgiven. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me, look, I I would have preferred if if they could go back. I would have preferred maybe. You know, they want a game that players keep coming back to, right? That's obviously the, the point of these games as a service. Um, and they've taken a more multiplayer approach to that. What would have been interesting, and I don't think many games have done this if ever, um, is have a single-player game. So the Avengers is a base game, $70 retail game, 20 hours, story-driven. Because um, I think, again, to Dom's point, to Vinny's point, the story is quite strong. It was the mechanics and the gameplay that were... The mechanics were quite strong. I think the combat is fun, um, but it's 
hidden behind all these upgrades that you need to grind to then unlock moves to make the combat fun. So have that fully fleshed out as a single player game and then do your Miles Morales style games after that. So you've got your base game at, at, at um, you know, full cost and maybe do paid um, expansions, kind of like what MMOs do, right? Where it's like, you know, this world, this world, but have the Wakanda be a 10 hour story you know, dedicated, and it doesn't need to be updated all the time. It can be every six months there's a new expansion, but it's meaty and you're getting seven hours of story that continues that Avengers story. And people would come back to that. What do, what do you think, Vinny, is, uh, uh, for that style of approach? Do you think that would have worked or would that just, yeah, not, not, have, not panned out? No, I think that would have worked. I think the thing that was really an issue here, I, I think personally they should have taken more of like a Halo approach. So Halo having um story that is single player based but can be multiplayer you can have co-op you can have that interactiveness mm. and then at the same time having an online like separate se- separate i mean it would be a completely different style like halo is a shooter this could be a looter shooter like destiny for example they could have done a similar kind of thing or a, what's called a brawler shooter what was what a uh, looter looter slasher i think that's what, yeah. well, that's what uh, uh yeah. godfall is godfall is so i guess yeah. it would fall under that so yeah. it would they could have done something very similar to that have a really solid dedicated story that could be multiplayer if if um if needed and mm-hmm. also have expansion packs like you're talking about like with um mmos such as wow and like the one what's the give me a wow expansion uh mist of pandaria like that just 10 hour oh, story God. that's that's like back. that's like eight years ago <laughs> But we're I needed clearly, to. I need to think of something. Clearly up to date as well, players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're clearly up to date as well, players. We boycott Activision Blizzard. That's why. Yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, yeah. eight years um, ago they weren't doing this. No, exactly. Well, not that we know of. Um, Dom, what about yeah. you? Is is Black Panther enough for you to jump in or get invested back into the game, re-download the game, or whatever you need to do to play it? Uh, look, honestly, no. Uh, as in, not an immediate jump in, but I will definitely check it out at some point. Um, also, just a quick reference to this in the chat, Solid Steph, which is a great name, by the way, mm. um, says that when they made the game uh, grind it to level up, it kind of shot themselves in the foot. And I, I tend to agree with that. Because, uh, yeah. you know, it's not fun. Great. No. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the Wakanda Forever expansion should, you know, Walker Wakanda. Walker Wakanda Forever, did I call it? Yeah. yeah. I like that better, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Vincent, said, I think it'll bring some people back. I just don't think it'll be last. Yeah. And I think for me, August is a dry enough month where I'm considering it. If it comes out and the story is, is well received and it's seven hours of pre-content for a game that I've got, I might, I might jump back in because I'm a big Black Panther fan. Um, but now moving on to a more kind of in-depth question, I wanted to ask, how do we feel the success or lack of success of this game is impacting the industry at large? Do you think there's other studios clearly watching what, what's happening here and maybe they were thinking of making games as a service or, you know, we're, we're in the early stages of building that out that are now going, if Avengers can't pull it off, can we pull it off? Because um, these things require hundreds, if not thousands of, of developers and team members working on constant updates on the game, uh, uh, constant content, uh, constant fixes. So it's, it's a beast in itself. Uh, Dom, do you think... You know, there there is other... For for instance, do you think Square Enix themselves are looking at this and going, okay, um, was this a mistake to make this style of game? I definitely think there's some 
regret in there. I don't think they would outright admit that it's a mistake. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do think other companies are taking notice going, huh, okay. But the sucky thing is a lot of companies will say like, oh, we're not going to do it like that or we promote against these mechanics, but they'll find just like a different form of them. Mm. So the cycle will continue as long as there's an X amount of people making money. Uh, which is sad to say because I would have loved to have seen what this game would have become had it not been a live service kind of catch grab. Mm. Yeah. And Vinny, what about you? Obviously, Square Enix are known and famous for bringing Final Fantasy XIV back to life. So they've done it before. Um, they, from what I can see, they're very committed to continually working and updating this game. So what do you think? Do you think that Square Enix are thinking, oh, we could still save this? I could see, I could see a world where they bring in like Doctor Strange as a character only to like shatter the multiverse and then like they restructure the game like a Realm Reborn for Final uh, Fantasy. But, but um, the only thing I can think of where games have really seen this happen and steered away from it, I'm not sure if it was just a pure coincidence, but Dragon Age. Dragon Age was, mm. the new Dragon Age yes. was coming out was going from a multiplayer service to single, dedicated single player story. And that has just like, Everyone just saw that as like, thank God. Like, and why really why would they scared. ever make that yeah. a multiplayer games at a service style game where the single player is so good for a Dragon Age game? Like, Dragon Age Inquisition was very well received. So the mm. new one, like, why would you break a good thing? I mean, I understand that it's all experimenting and experimenting innovations. Yes, but I mean, if it ain't broke, could fix it. Exactly. And uh, EA's just had their earnings call and they shouted out the success of the Mass Effect collection. Um, so I bet Bioware are breathing a sigh of relief going, okay, they're not going to close this down. We can keep <laughs> keep going. And, and you you know, stick to what works. But yeah, these, these studios are obviously going to be following trends, right? Like the games as a service model, when done correctly, can be a huge money generator. So you, you can't blame them for trying, but if you've got a studio in Crystal Dynamics who are known for great single-player action games. Um, maybe next time we'll get them to work on a single-player play action, action game. game. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's let's end this on a bit more of a positive note. Two questions. Uh, the first one's going to be, and again to the chat, uh, the same question. It's very similar to what Dom had already put there. What characters would we like to see? Well, what character, um, you know, if you could p- pick the next character to come to this game... What would it be? Um, I'll start off. I, I was thinking about it in terms of mechanics and story, and Vinny already spoiled uh, my answer earlier, but Doctor Strange, I think, would be a very fun character to play. He flies, obviously, the magic, the you know, the duplication. I can imagine him kind of, like, you know, copying himself multiple times, and that's his special. And I think from a story perspective, obviously, with what's going on with the movies at the moment and Doctor Strange as a character... There's opportunities to crack the game wide open and and change things in a way. I thought that was going to be their way of saying, oh, you can now pick a player, you know, a team of four Hulks. And this is right. Why? Because in the story, multiverse and all that. But they've already done that. They've just found another way of doing it. But, yeah, for me, I think Doctor Strange would be my my pick. And my second pick would be Rocket Raccoon because I think he would just be different. He, he looks different to all the characters. He moves different. Um and he plays different too, because he would just be pure, I guess, third-person shooting. Um, but Ben, what about you? You're, you're a pretty big Marvel fan. Is there any characters that you, you would love to, to make an appearance? Um, I'd like to see, actually, Daredevil, I think would be really cool. So, like, having his... Green's black. 
<laughs> yeah, like so, her, like his would be like because he sees red, or you know, his his senses would be things. So it'd be more you see everything in like a neutral, mm. like plane, but you see the like the droplets of the sound, and you could That's cool. use it like that. It'd be like kind of like a different complication mode and different style. But he'd be able to do see things or like see things that another player would not be able to see. So you you could have a thing where there's a whole thing of hidden treasures, or. Mm things that are in walls or things that sensory overload that people just vision can't see. So a different game mechanic, like you were saying with Groot and um, Dr. Strange, where the game itself is so repetitive right now during the grind fest that you need a new mechanic or a new character that plays completely different to shake it up. So, yeah. Yeah. Dom, what about you? Yeah, I can say Daredevil, I'm a huge Daredevil fan, um, but uh, taking that off the table, I would probably say... Uh, if you can get away with it, Deadpool, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they could. Because PG Deadpool has kind of been hit and miss with certain Get Nolan North back in. Well, they've already got Nolan yeah. North voicing uh, Iron Man, so they've yeah. already got him there. And he voiced yeah. uh, Deadpool in the Deadpool game, so. Yeah, either that or uh, maybe like Wolverine, something like that. Yeah. Your stuff like Moon Knight or something like that. You know, I'm a big fan of Scarlet Spider too. As well, yeah. we got to get Spider Man in there first. So. Yeah, get, let's get the let's get Peter in there first, and then maybe they can work. <laughs> they're, they're obviously all all really good picks. Uh, in the chat, Groot. Yeah, I think Groot. it's another yeah. another cool one as well. Yeah, yeah, you can have him shrinking and growing and doing all that crazy. Oh, like, all right. just, cool. Yeah, mm. like an AOE effect where he sticks his hand to the ground, just like roots prop oh, up yeah. and like a giant grappling, yeah. which would set up like other players in the team to having them yeah. immobilized. Yeah, it's a good answer. Yeah, exactly. Get All us on the. Answers. Sorry, get us, I was gonna say, get us on the dev team. We'll, we'll tell you how to fix this game. Oh mate, you, you get me over. Get, get us there. But that's a. I think that's a great conversation. I think we can wrap it all up there. I think the games, obviously, they're going to continue to work on it. War for Wakanda again, August seventeenth. So if you have the game, it's a free upgrade, and it is a free upgrade from current or previous gen to current gen now. Uh, so if you've got the game, you can do that. So yeah, as they would say, please look forward to this game. Um, that's a throwback to some Square Enix word usage <laughs> there. Uh, but the next topic we're going to tackle is something we, we have spoken about on previous podcasts, and that's consolidation in the industry. Um, so, sorry, big, big brain time. Let's do it. Big brain time. Now we're going from talking about you know a little squirrel with a gun and a guy who shoots webs to some serious conversation about the games industry. I was say his name. His name is literally Rocket Raccoon, and you said squirrel with a gun. Squirrel. Oh, whatever. Yeah, but, some sort of some sort of rodent with a Wait, gun. there is a Marvel. There's like squirrel. There is a Marvel. Squirrel. Girl. Squirrel. squirrel girl. Girl. Yeah. She had squirrels, and one of the squirrels defeated Thanos. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah, consolidation in the... Reading comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, consolidation in the industry. Obviously, we've spoken about that previously, but the reason we are coming back to this topic, Dom, is... Uh, a little-known uh, PlayStation or former PlayStation exec, Sean Layden, sat down uh, with a whole whole uh, what would you what would you call it a, a, a platter a, a serving a uh, plethora of games media uh, discussing the industry because he's previously accepted a new role and he covered uh, some stuff uh, talking about consolidation again in the industry, Game Pass, um, and the industry as a whole. So I've I've pulled out a few quotes. Uh, that I want want to read. And they basically are broken up into these two uh, points. One is obviously the consolidation piece 
And the second is a brief discussion on Game Pass. So we're going to be tackling those two things. But the first uh, quote is, quote, with each console generation, the cost of games go up uh, two times. So for PS4 games, we're 100 to 150 million. So it stands to reason that PS5 games, when they hit they sh- when they hit their stride, will be in excess of $200 million. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be far more difficult. Uh, sorry, let me read that again. It's going to be very difficult for more than a handful of large players to compete in that space. So in relation to inflation um, and the increased costs of making games, what is what are our feelings when it comes to the increase of game budgets? Obviously, we saw a price increase here in Australia and around the world, you know, in the US... Um, Games went up from $60 to $70. Obviously, they, they then pay tax on that. And I think in Australia, the, the average new release is about anywhere between 109 to 119, yeah, to 120. So there, there has been that jump. Are we concerned, obviously, with you know games costing more and more and the idea of once they hit a certain threshold, there's only going to be very certain studios and publishers that can afford to actually make games. And then we kind of wash out in the middle you know, your middle double A games like we did with THQ back in the early 2010s. I know it's a very loaded question, but Dom, how, how do you feel, right? Like you, um, you, yeah, take yeah. it. No, that's cool. As a uh, current poor uni student, it, yeah. it scares me to play games. But uh, yeah, it, thankfully it's come down to something that hasn't been totally necessary yet. There's a lot of price matching and a lot of price feeding going on. Um, so I've, haven't often had to pay recommended retail for a new console game. Um, also, yep. thankful that there's a lot of sales going on the PC market and stuff like that. So, um, and then you can go to the complete opposite, where sometimes PC stuff won't budge or online store stuff won't budge. So, I'm a little bit worried about it. I think, um, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I can ask you, did you see it coming with the new gen, the price hike with the, with the, you know, the games? retailing what was it it's literally like 20 dollars above what they were mm. Mm. yeah yeah uh, well i think it, it was coming for a long time the last time we saw a price increase was during the ps3 generation um and, and sean actually touched on this as part of the interview i didn't have it as one of the quotes but he basically outright said that that 10 dollar increase he's talking american basically doesn't cover the inflation um that that the industry has gone through in, in terms of these games growing so if you actually look you go back and you you look at catalogs from the 80s and 90s and there's a lot of, again, America being the larger market has plenty of examples. You know, if you were to walk into a store and buy a copy of, um, I don't know, Donkey Kong 64 or even going back to Super Nintendo or whatever, even, yeah, with Super Nintendo and the original NES, games were often more expensive than they were now. So I think some games back in the day, and, and this is, again, American pricing, were about $90 then. And then in 2013, we're, we were paying, Americans were paying $60 for a game. So a game's gotten cheaper to buy, even though inflation and teams have gotten bigger and budgets have grown as well. So it was only, it was only going to last to a point where they needed to then bring in other revenue sources. The reason why I thought maybe we wouldn't see a price jump is because the industry's found other ways to squeeze money out of people, right? It's not just the increased cost in the game disc, it's the DLC expansions, season microtransactions, pass. season passes, all those things. So it doesn't surprise me. I think when um, the first, I can't remember who did it first, but was it, no, it wasn't Ubisoft. It was EA. Well, someone did it first where they, they had their first game at $70 and you can see everyone kind of watching. Um, and yeah, Sony, Sony have done it. Like this is just the new norm now that 
games of full retail have gone up, whether that be ten dollars in the states or, or more in Australia. But Vinny, did you see it coming? Mm, yes and no. So like I remember playing like buying Kingdom Hearts for a hundred dollars, like, and then you know when games in exactly. in Australia, like games like when a game hit platinum, it would go down to fifty dollars. That was like the rule, and yeah. so. Seeing that in that case, yeah, I can see a PS2 game, you know, inflation has gone up as our cost of living has gone up, as everything has gone up. So yeah. I can see this being the case, although I didn't want it to be the case, obviously, because if games stay low, spend more. exactly, it benefits, <laughs> benefits the consumer, doesn't benefit the su- supplier, whatever it's the What's it called? What's the episode of consumer? Quick, help me. Uh, I don't know, the... The developer, the publisher, yeah, yeah, all those, all those people, um, yeah. So I didn't want it to happen. I could see it happening. I think that the cost of this it really goes all the way back. Does it? The question is though, does this go back to the developers or does it go straight to the publisher? That's the thing. A portion of it. That's the issue. Like, because yeah. if if it goes back to the developers and the people who are actually being paid more to make the game then I could justify it. But if it goes to a publisher who just wants to publish it for more money because that offsets their the money they're losing from the developer because obviously they're making less money because they have to pay their workers more so therefore the cut's a little bit less and they're just doing it to recover the cut. That's a bit, you know, it's they're just a way of the rich getting richer. So that's the whole political side of it. So really they sh- technically wouldn't need to charge more if they just took less of a cut, but everyone loves money. So that's the case. Yeah, and, and he goes on to talk about stifling creativity, and that will be my next point in terms of the, the whole price increase. It comes down to with games having such a large budget, if you have a if you have an independent studio, let's take um, Remedy as an example, right? And they, they did control. They have this idea for a game. Uh, they've obviously got a track record of, of making, I would say, pretty pretty great games, pretty good games, depending on who you ask. And they've got this crazy idea for this, you know, uh, game where you use physics to throw around things the story is nonsensical it's crazy and this game's going to cost I'd, I'd estimate that a game like control is probably around 100 120 million dollars based on the style of game it is and this is just my guess um that's a lot of money right so yeah you need to then find a publisher who's got willing to take that risk luckily with remedy they had a track record and they had 505 who published the game but that's where it gets difficult. The more that games cost in terms of not only uh, studio size and resources and, you know, cost of making a game goes up, the the more risk that these publishers start taking in terms of they need to then make sure they cover that $150 million budget that they just approved on. And that's where you start getting pressure for microtransactions and finding guaranteed ways to make money. So does it stifle creativity? To a point, yes, because, um, you know, you, you go back to PS1 and PS2, there was games coming out left, right, and center. You could, any type of game you wanted, they were making it. Now you're seeing a, an industry where very particular style of games are preferred. They're more safe. Your third-person story-driven action games for Sony, that's a safe bet. Games as a service, you know, free-to-play. All these style of games up front seem very safe, um, obviously having several of those in the market doesn't always work out, but it does in some way stifle creativity. Like Vinny, let's let's use um, Ubisoft's X Define as an example. Do we like, do we think 
that's a Tom Clancy game. The fact that Tom Clancy's name is attached to it is a whatever. And I'm not going to bring up Splinter Cell, but are we, <laughs> are we really going to believe that that studio, that team really wanted to make a Tom Clancy game that wasn't a Tom Clancy game that's a free-to-play shooter? Is that like, is that really what they wanted to do? Is that what you think would happen? No, I assume shareholder like the owners and shareholders and people on the board would have been like hey we see what makes money here's the track like here's the like the list of things in the last 10 years the track record of what has made money and what has become the most playable the most profitable the most viewed yada yada it is games like PUBG, games like fortnite like mm. shooters free to plays like um warzone things like that like these kind of games that are generating all this buzz and games that are technically free to a sense with the game. So yeah, it's just like, we need you to make one of those because by having Tom Clancy's name attached to it, it is going to generate some money. But really, because the game is such a, it's because it's such a flooded market and it has no established fan base for the new X Defiant, X Def, um, it's probably going to fall in the water. That's what exactly. I think. It's a very good point. Uh, the next thing I want to touch on is the consolidation piece. Dom, I'm really interested to get your thoughts on this. Again, I've got another quote from that same interview. So uh, during, again, quote, during that time, we have also seen more consolidation. Co consolidation is the enemy of diversity in some ways. It takes a lot of playing pieces off the table as they grow into these larger uh, entities. And again, we end up with the problem of diversity. How would you interpret that? He's obviously talking about the market shrinking, um, yeah. but... Again, how does that work with, with stifling creativity? Um, well, the only parallel I can draw from it is the Australian game dev, game dev scene. So originally there were all these indie uh, devs in uh, Melbourne uh, that would pump out this great stuff. I think Framed was one of the studios that uh, they made Framed one of the studios and um, then sort of EA came in and bought all these companies up and assimilated them into like the EA Monsters yeah, there's game. Fire Monkey. Is that the, yeah, the Fire Monkey. Yeah, mobile? Yeah. There's still part, yeah. There's still there. Like that. Um, Team Cherry made Horror Hollow Knight. That's Aussie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, perfect. Uh, someone made Golf Story too as well. That was really mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. uh, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, yeah. Great games. Um, Go yeah, so, yeah, I know. Right? This is plenty brilliant. Um, so when we were talking cycling creativity, I mean, yes, it takes that sort of spirit of the independent creative game where they're like we got this, this idea and we're backing it with our passion you know we don't have the money for it but we're, we're, we're invested in this we're committing to it you know pump out this game as to now they're like oh what game are we allowed to make uh mm -hmm. we have this button you know so it's a kind of double-edged sword but yeah it's it's hard to comment on i mean because it's good because ea buying up all those things was really good for the game they've seen in a track created a ton more jobs so you've got yeah. to <laughs> And then you've got, you're sacrificing the games on the other for, yeah. So, yeah, not really a conclusive answer. Apologize. But. Well, I think, uh, well, I think it's multi-layered. Uh, yeah. And Vin, what about you? Like if you take, uh, let's take 343, for instance, right? They obviously stepped in and did, and did Destiny. They're a Microsoft-owned studio. Say for this example, they weren't owned by Microsoft. They were contracted to work on Halo 5. It didn't, didn't work out. And now they're looking to make their next game. If they weren't under Microsoft, they would then have to go and find a publisher, whether that be Microsoft, and sell their new title. Yeah. 
So there's a benefit in that sense where they can then go wild and create the game that they want to make. But then there's a risk of, well, if we don't get this game off the ground, we've got no funding behind us, we can't make it. So to Dom's point, it is obviously difficult to have an answer for it. But do you think that this consolidation is something we should be worried about? Um, so I'm just going to use an example that really kind of like, I guess not affected me, but it's something I had kind of like a little bit of a issue with. So, uh, toys for Bob. So crash bandicoot use, mm. uh, crash four, then got, um, the, the team that made crash four got is now solely working on Warzone, So putting all their eggs in the basket of that. So toys for Bob, not making another crash game, sticking with the tried and true of free to play shooters. And therefore, we will not have another 3D adventure platformer crash game in the foreseeable future. So yeah, that's kind of thing that really rubs me the wrong way, where it's you're consolidating and the market for the 3D platformer is there, but no one's using it because the diversity is limited. So using these resources, like Toy Spot, for example, putting it into a, a game they probably don't want to work on, but they're getting paid for it. And it's just, it's, it's a thing. It's like, this is how, this is how people and teams and developers, they kind of lose their little spark in life that like doing something they don't want to do really hurts the, like the mental, the inspirational, all those things. So that's the example Good that example. I, that's an example I think that is really, really annoying because I, I love 3d platforms. I think there's always a market for them because always, they're, yeah. they're a, they're a niche. They're a niche, but they're not because like Crash is a AAA title, mm. but and sold well and sold really well. So, yeah, but it just wasn't as popular as Warzone, not so, as well as Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly. So putting all their eggs in that basket instead of potentially because here's here's the thing I'll say is I am not a shooter person, but I would buy a Activision game that isn't. Warzone. So therefore you are splitting the market. There are people who play both. So are you really making the most profitable decision or are you just putting all your eggs in one basket and just riding that kind of, that stereotype of just people mm -hmm. love these kinds of games. So yeah, uh, Toy Spot being a good example. That's a great example. And even looking at Activision itself, they did that with Toys for Bob. They uh, pulled in Vicarious Visions, who are the guys who did the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. They've been absorbed into Blizzard and working on Diablo, Diablo. Um, and a personal hurt for me is High Moon Studios, who are the guys who did the the War and Fall for Cybertron games. Like, I'm yeah. huge fans, huge fan of Transformers and those games. And they got pulled to work on uh, Destiny DLC when they were partnered with Activision. So that's a really, really good point. Dom, I'm going to read you a quote uh, that isn't related to consolidation, but I just thought was a really interesting, um, you know, bit of uh context sure. now music on a this is again from sean Layden in that same interview quote music on a revenue basis is probably one fifth of the game space but their cultural impact is a hundred times what gaming is how would you interpret that that line right so and that's a really good point too music is like a, a huge industry and i'm sure it makes it like what was it music on demand was did he say what was the quote the music on demand was a smaller revenue 
No, so it's saying the music industry itself makes oh. one fifth of uh, the money that the gaming industry has. Yeah. So it makes a lot yeah. less money, but the cultural impact of the music industry is a hundred times bigger, bigger yeah. than the gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, music is just like a juggernaut of an industry. Um, could, also, I think, uh, I don't have updated stats on this, but I do believe like the, the books and movie industry what was a like bigger industry than games as well. Um, games, though, uh, are rocketing up and making billions and billions. But um, yeah, I think just because... You know, music it's been around longer than video games, for you know, lack of a better way to put it. I think video games will get to that. I think it'll get to a point where games are just integrated into our culture and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. You imagine just like yeah, like a, I don't know, like video game technology being like developing like hollow telephone calls or something, you know, stuff like that. So I think eventually we'll get there. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely no contest at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and what about you? How would you interpret it? I mean, there are two things, and I'll say it down to our attention span. So it's a song is anywhere between two to seven minutes long. Don't play Activision Vinny. Yes, that is. I don't play anything besides like, unless it's Crash Bandicoot. I don't think I had a guitar here, which was Activision. That's it. But we, Activision, no, no. Can I just bring jump in? One game at a time. And bring yeah. It no, look, on, on that point, um, look, anyone's personal way that they want to handle the situation is fine. You'll, you'll find on this, sorry to cut you off, Vinny, a lot right. of the uh, drama around the Activision Blizzard front isn't from the studios itself. No, so yeah, keep that in mind. It's it's mostly, mostly Blizzard um, and the publishing arm of Activision. So these toys for Bob, Vicarious Visions, you know, yeah. you're not hearing about uh, nothing any, nothing going on at the studio level. So just keep that in mind. Doesn't mean boycotting is wrong but just yeah you, you, you fight your own war in your own way yeah yeah right. back to you Vinny. music <laughs> um so yeah sorry but back to that so the like when i say our intention spans like we think of tiktok tiktok being seven seconds music always running in the background music just such a has a huge influence over that and then music industry like dom said being around for hundreds of years whereas gaming is still within the 50 year mark and every song being about two to seven minutes long on average, you hear it on the radio, you can, you can hear music. You don't have to be in front of a screen to listen to it or to be around it. It is everywhere. It is global. Everyone can pay attention to it. So mm. it is something like the World Cup having the World Cup song. But you say, you Dom said something about it being incorporated into our culture. I think of the Tokyo 2020 or 2021 Olympics. Pikachu was supposed to be the mascot. There was a there's a game on Google that has um, the Olympics inspired for that as well. So, I mean, I, I'm we're seeing little little things that are slowly incorporating our I guess our world into it not being pop culture into it just being culture. And I mean, you see it you see it every day. Even things like saying words like pwned noob. Like all those, all those old school sayings, they made their way, like going hard in the paint, going ham, like things <laughs> like that are all, um, are all terms that I even see on the NBA broadcast where I first heard from playing video games and like people talking in the chat. My favorite one is, uh, I'll go, go completely off the topic, but my favorite thing is smooth right, brain when someone is smooth brain. Never heard of it. So the whole idea is like, so once again, gone off on a complete tangent. But That's why I go for it. A, a smooth brain 
So your brain is intelligence is measured by surface area. So if you actually have a lumpy brain, you're technically more intelligent because you have more surface area. So right. calling someone a smooth brain implying that they are stupid because they don't have yeah. like a surface area. But saying smooth brain to a person who doesn't understand what that is sounds like a compliment. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Like yeah, you, it's you know, uh, GG. Like not a lot of people know what that is. Yeah, there yeah. is a lot of terminology that we use that are trash. Really trash was a big one. Trash was a big one that started in the gaming industry and then made its way to the pop well, culture. Like sure, even if, if you think about some of our terminology again, going off topic, like Metroidvania, right? That means something very specific I, to us. Yeah. But you tell uh, a, a movie goer, a music fan, oh, it's a Metroidvania. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what, what? What's that? Um, and for me, I think my interpretation is obviously a little bit different to you guys. Uh, music's obviously such an important part of not only games, movies as well. Like a game, I don't think hits as hard um, if the music behind it a isn't. A score, yeah. A score isn't there or a soundtrack if you're a Metal Gear game. Um, it's got that in the background going for it. But I think what he's referring to here is you think about the the music industry is smaller, right, in terms of revenue, but in terms of influence, it's huge, right? Yeah. You think of um, trends that have come out of music. Um, you think of Gangnam Style, whatever that's also Like, that was a worldwide thing. Um, and I think Party music's a bit more... Party Rock Anthem, like the, the, the list goes on. And it's more solitary as well. I think you've got a very specific artist making a very specific song to get a very specific reaction from the audience as well. Where gaming's so big, you've got hundreds of thousands, well, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds of developers working on it. Everyone's got their hand in the pie. And to make something that's influential, like I think for me, um, Last of Us is probably the most influential game that jumps to mind, especially at the moment in terms of mass adoption and maybe not in terms of revenue and money because there is you know Fortnite that you know or other games that have movies and tv shows but i think last of us in terms of a cultural impact we're seeing sony i think the budget for for last of us was like 10 million dollars an episode for the the hbo series and that i think that's so i think what i'm trying to say is games do have the opportunity to be very influential um but going back to what he was saying on diversity and, and, and stifling creativity, we get the industries held back with how much money it makes because everyone's looking to make more money. Um, so there, there is le- less options for that. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on to the, the kind of final crux, crux of this conversation. That's, that's around Game Pass. So I'll read the one and final quote uh, before we end the topic and uh, move on to our last one. So again, speaking about Game Pass, quote, when speaking to Game Pass, it's very hard to launch a $120 million game on a subscription service, charging $9.99 a month. You pencil it out, you're going to have to have at least 500 million subscribers before you start to recoup your investment. Um, just to clarify that that number, that was just a over-exaggeration. They don't literally need 500 uh, million subscribers. I saw a lot of uh, tweets about that afterwards. Uh, that's why right now you need to take a loss leading position to try to grow that base. But still, if you have only 250 million, uh, 250 million consoles out there, you're not going to get to half a billion subscribers. So how do you circle that square? Nobody has figured that out. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about, we've obviously seen the praises of Game Pass uh, a lot on this show, and rightfully so. I think it's a fantastic service, as I'm sure you guys all do. But are we worried about the long-term impact on Game Pass? Um, why and why not? Hmm. Do you think there's any negative uh, impacts that could come industry-wise in the future from Game Pass? 
I don't immediately see anything jumping out. I think it's only good for the gamers, and I think it's only good for the devs because I think yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, buzz when a game launches and then it's on Game Pass. And it's great for the people with Game Pass. I'm very much for power to the player, and I do believe that uh, a lot of that's getting better. Uh, all the players that, yeah a lot of that's old one you know a lot of that's being lost in it uh where they're just like yeah yeah this is for players but uh for the players to spend the most money so at the moment i only see it as a good thing but uh, i don't know maybe you guys can shed some light on how it might be you know go down yeah ben what about you do you do you think there is any negative impact that can come from game pass i'm happy to to jump in and give my thoughts first if you want to think about it further but completely no. up to you no so I, I think of game pass obviously being a service i think of the benefits that for example spotify and apple music have and even amazon music at this point have had to eliminating piracy for music so granted you're now paying a very small like the the artists yeah. get a small percentage of what is compared to album releases but at the exact same point they were getting their 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 music stolen so it was either you pay little amount or you get nothing at all so i see it from that my issue with game pass is we have said it in the past it is not profitable right now and like for it is currently i guess in the red but for the developers it's good they're paying x amount of money but for microsoft itself they're not generating any profit currently the issue with that is and we've seen it in services such as netflix netflix took i think eight years to be profitable and even then it was and it's only been recently that they were in like billions of dollars of debt Mm. and but they kept investing in their own netflix specials their own netflix shows and they invested more money and eventually turned a profit so if that's where i'm thinking does game pass do um does game pass do their own game pass exclusive games much like netflix have netflix exclusives that's where i kind of see game pass maybe turning a corner and so like people investing not because there are multiple games in that there are game pass exclusive games or xbox exclusive games on game pass itself the um yeah so am i worried about the long-term impact of game pass i would say no but i'm worried about if if it's prof if it's not turning a profit i could see it potentially getting scrapped or you know shut down and then there's a lot of things that you know as gamers if we they're digital and they're on this they're on this like service once the service is eliminated so is our progress so is the games that we played the replay value is gone like all all those things so that's where my head goes uh, but what about you josh yeah all, all really good points um and he, he basically spelled that this is not the first time sean layden's spoken about uh game pass he's, he's kind of mentioned it before and sony have outright said that they they can't find a financial way to make that type of service work they may, may have not spelled it out as clear as i did they probably worded wordsmithed it a few times but it, yeah I, and i actually had in there is it really our problem to figure out and the reason why i put that there is to dom's point like the game pass is great for consumers right um and i don't think it's our problem or our issue to to figure out how to make that profitable that's up to the people at microsoft but obviously being a gaming podcast we are going to talk about it um but am am i worried about the long-term uh impacts of game pass i am to a degree and and the reason for that is um twofold firstly sean's comment around it's very hard to launch a 120 million dollar game into a service like that 
and Sony about right said that before. Um, for me, my most time spent playing games, I like playing my big AAA multi-million dollar blockbusters. And if Game Pass as a service can't facilitate the the game itself in terms of generating revenue, are we going to then get into a world where games are made to fit a budget to work on Game Pass, right? So games are, you know, we often say it's a great Game Pass game. And when we say that, we usually refer to a double A or early AAA game that may not be taking the world by storm. It's very you know, it sits in a very specific spot. Um, now, we know Game Pass as a service is what they call a loss-leading service where Microsoft will be moving money from Bob to give to Bill, and even though Game Pass isn't in the green, Microsoft is and Xbox is because it's making money elsewhere. Yeah. The issue with that currently, and it's, again, no one's problem to figure out, and this is just my opinion, so no one go running around going, oh, this is, this is just my opinion. There isn't many players out there in our industry, especially in the console space, if you think of just Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, that could facilitate a service like this. Um, and you often talk about driving the price down and, and you know, um, Microsoft is the only, ind- uh, only company that can afford Game Pass. They can afford this service. And it's because they can afford to take the hit. They're a multi-trillion dollar company. If, if this is the way that the gaming industry is going, is Nintendo ever going to be able to afford to do this? Are we driving them out of the market if this becomes the new, the new norm and they sit there and go, we, we, can't, we can't afford to, to make games into a service. It's just not going to... We can't pay our studios. Sony definitely can't do it. Like, PlayStation is everything to Sony, where Microsoft have... Xbox is always on the bottom of their financials. If you read the Microsoft financials, it's Azure, it's Microsoft Windows, everything else, and then Xbox is literally down the bottom. So they can afford that. My only concern, again, with Game Pass is that we start getting games for Game Pass. And I start thinking, well, if you look back at Microsoft's acquisitions, obviously Bethesda's huge, and that's obviously your big AAA multi-million dollar game. But you look back at um, Compulsion Games, and you go, well, what was the thought process behind... They're the studio behind We Happy Few, which wasn't well-received. It was a great idea. But where do they sit in Microsoft Game Studios? Well, they are a smaller team that can probably turn out a game every two, three years. It's a great Game Pass game. Yeah. So that's that's the risk that we run, and we may not ever know the answer, or we may have an answer that's going to take five, ten years. Um, but I think you can. We're seeing success in both ways. Sony's making more money in, than ever. Um, games are selling more than ever as well. Um, so, and Game Pass hasn't quite taken off yet. We we often talk about it. Um, as if it's a you know fifty hundred million dollars uh, hundred subscriber base. It's only I think uh, at eighteen or twenty between eighteen and twenty three million. I forget the number uh, since their last update, but it's not Netflix with two hundred million subscribers. So I don't know, Don. What do you what did you what do you think about everything I just blurted out? <laughs> uh, first off, Matt, respect for going into as much detail as you did, and I think that we need people like you to do that or else the companies will, will steamroll us slowly. Uh, so thank you. But yeah, I agree with you. It's like, I too am kind of worried that that's where it's headed with the game pass, like game pass exclusive games. And then they, you know, then they kind of pump it up. Yeah. And then that's, that's just not good for the, like, I mean, like I just said, I'm all for the players. It's just not good for the players, but nowadays not much is without it turning a profit. So I think they're going to find this, a stable, sort of a relationship of like they're making money but giving back enough. Vinny, what do you think? 
No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's more in the sense that it's like, just say for example, when there's only one thing in, like only having one games as a service controls the entire market. So that's the issue. So like if, if there was only Nintendo, Nintendo could charge as much as they want. So I understand that competition breeds innovation and it also breeds, uh, like what's called competitive pricing. So that's, that's why it's important that if this does succeed, that we need to see other games and services rise up to kind of combat in it. So it needs to be viable for, for exactly all parties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot of questions come through in the chat. We will circle back to those after our final topic. So thank you uh, for those who are writing through in the chat. But we'll move on from there. Any final thoughts? Or are you happy for me to jump into our final topic? Let's get into right. it. Yep. Let's get into it. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite things, and that is uh, MMO PC games. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Amazon uh, Game Studios' uh, newest title and their first big release and it's a MMORPG, and that's a massive multiplayer open-world real-time... Mass- massive, massive, massive multiplayer, multiplayer online role-playing online game. Role-playing game, yeah. And that is New World. And for those who don't know, that was announced back in 2016. Uh, it was currently and previously in open beta uh, for those who have pre-ordered the game. Uh, the game was originally set to release in uh, on August 31st, and as of today, it has actually been pushed back until September... Um, they put this down to the obviously fine tuning the game, um, and you know, I'm sure, COVID hasn't made it any easier. But in terms of what I guess sets this game apart from other uh, you know MMORPGs like WoW and Final Fantasy fourteen, is that uh, this has a more traditional action uh, style. A lot of the the previews are talking about. It. It's actually pretty much like it's kind of like a Souls like in terms of not difficulty, but the combat style. It's a very yeah. slow. Um, where, you know, most MMOs have that auto attack battle system that, that this game doesn't have. Um, some notes in here as well that the closed beta, uh, apparently was causing some RTX 3090 graphics cards to brick. Um, I'm assuming that is, uh, not a great thing for, for those who invested that much money in a no. RTX 3090. No, that is not. No. Um, the game comes loaded again with a 20, uh, versus 20 combat mode, which is again, very different. Um, and another thing that's slightly different to other games in the genre, it is a, uh, pay once and gain access to the game type, uh, subscription. So it's not a typical, uh, free to play. Uh, the, the game did see some success, uh, during its beta stage where it hit 200,000 concurrent players. Um, for context, WoW currently has 31,000, uh, current players and has been on the decline and Final Fantasy 14, uh, currently has 47,000 concurrent players on a monthly average. Again, these games have been out in the market for a while now. Um, but I guess the first question, and I'll ask this to the chat as well. Um, uh, what are our experiences with MMORPGs in the past? Dom, do you, are you a WoW player? You're a Final Fantasy 14 player? Tell us a little bit about it. So my MMO journey begins hilariously. For my uh, 18th, 18th, maybe 20th birthday, my friends decided that it was time for me to get into WoW. So they bought me the battle chest. Oh, <laughs> I had no desire at all to buy it. So I sat under my bed collecting dust until one day they came to my house and physically installed it for me. Mm. Sat me down, made me a character, and were like, we're going home now. We're going to do a raid. You stay here and do what we tell you to do. Um, and I had like all those, like, like the tunnel vision. I was just looking at the keyboard. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, press Q, press it when they said it. 
Where's the uh, any key? <laughs> yeah, right? It was like, what's the any key? Oh, order a tab. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think because I wasn't into, into it, I, I just abandoned MMOs until uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn happened. And then because I actually wanted to play it, I got into it and started liking it and st- started understanding the mechanics behind an MMO. Yeah. So with this uh, New World stuff, um, I actually did sign up for the, the beta. I didn't get a reply, so I guess I didn't get it. <laughs> but I did, want, I did want to check it out at some point because they're kind of interesting to me now. And this one's touted as the whole bill and all of, you know. Uh, now, I think they cancelled the Lord of the Rings one that they were going to do. Did they? Was Amazon going to? No. Uh, yeah, there, was, there was an Amazon Lord of the Rings game that did get cancelled. Yeah, canceled. they cancelled it. So. And there is another Lord of the Rings game, I think, that's in the Yeah, it's the Golem still- one. Or is there like yeah, another there's one? There's that one, and on top of that, there there is another one. Okay, well, that's um, good. The Vin... Amazon stuff. Sorry, that's oh, yeah. no, all right. Uh, the Amazon stuff is, I think, it's smart for them to do, and this game is getting a lot of attention. So I think they're doing a good job. Um, it's not obviously going to be for everybody. I like Josh, uh, though. I would kill to see a busy playing something. Josh playing an MMO for another time maybe <laughs> we'll do that and then we'll do a league of legends match and just oh no instruction i would love oh, to okay. i would love we can play wild rift that's a mobile version so it's like we'll fun. do all right our hundred subscriber special <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. set it in stone scottman if you're there in the chat mark it down hundred subscribers on youtube yeah. and twitch we're doing it um yeah, Vin, before i go to you i'm going to answer because my answer is going to be quite quick and simple yeah. no experience no, no interest Surprise. Vinny, <laughs> going to you. Right. <laughs> so, uh, my experience began at, I think, the age, the, the ripe old age of 13 or 14 when I was mm-hmm. playing Maple Sport, uh, Maple Story. And I smashed Maple Story. I remember getting that notification being like, you've been online for eight hours. We suggest you take a break from Mapling. So. I played Maple Story from I think about 13 to about 17 on and off again till about 18, 19. I'll jump on the patches. Like I really liked the whole class system. I enjoyed leveling up. I enjoyed, you know, seeing my friends also play at the same time. Um, I touched on a bit of WoW. I played Final Fantasy A Realm, Re- a Realm Reborn. I think the latest thing I say I could play is a close thing to an MMO would be a Genshin Impact. But that's oh, yeah. not even that yeah. I would say. I touched on that once again, got to like a little 14, 15. Realized the game became really repetitive and a lot of time invested, so I stopped. Um, and as for this game, it looks good, but it looks very overwhelming for someone who isn't already into uh, MMORPGs because there is a lot to cover in this game. So, yeah, that's that's my answer. Did you want me to go over anything else, uh, Josh? No, I want to talk about... Uh how we think this game will fare once it does come out in September. Obviously you've got your, your juggernauts like world of Warcraft, which we have been seeing those numbers slowly drop, but we've also then seen an increase in final fantasy 14 as that continues to didn't it. Uh, it's a, didn't they stop selling it digitally because they had that many people yeah. playing at once at the service yeah. overloaded. Correct. The service capped. A lot of people came up from WoW. Yeah. Um, and they capped the service temporarily. Yeah, do we think that there's room for a third player in the market in this space? Because I know this is like, it's different to like, I don't know, um, a third person action game comes out, I'll play it. Where like, I think WoW people are WoW people and Final Fantasy fourteen people are Final Fantasy. Like it's hard to bring people across, just like with Destiny and all that. Yeah. Vinny, do you think... Um, yeah, exactly. Um, PlayStation people. 
They're, they're, they're aren't <laughs> great. Um, but how do you think this game's going to fare? Like, do we think this is going to be a success story for them? It's obviously going to be an uphill battle, but how do you think it's going to compete? I would say the appealing part is that I think, um, as I know people who play a lot of MMOs and a lot of people who dabble in MMOs, they generally give it time. So they'll say like, oh yeah, I'll give it a go. But the benefit of this one is that it is a one-time purchase. So you're not paying for a subscription. So the people who are going to play it always have the option to come back if they their friends are on it or it's like, oh, you know, I don't pay the extra $10 just for the month just so I can play it for a couple of hours with my friends. This yeah. I've already established payment of the initial purchase, so I don't have to pay again. And so everyone who's... People generally want to see what's out there because they want to see like, oh, is this better? Because I'm playing this game for eight years. I'm invested. I have a community here. And there's that aspect. But if I like it and then maybe my my guild or somebody likes it, we might transition over and start our own community there. Because at the end, like you are playing with friends, you are playing this whole MMO experience to play with other people. Otherwise, you'll just, you'll just be playing an RPG on your own. So yeah, I definitely think there is a market for it. Um, smaller smaller um, MMO RPGs have been around for a while. So it's so a Maple Story, RuneScape, um, like you know, WoW, Final Fantasy. There's, I mean, those are the ones off the top of my head. But there are also people who dip their toes into other ones as well. There it is. There yeah, it is. there it is. Um, yeah, I think there's totally a, a market for this one and it being, I think the, the little bit of the cheetah in it is it is owned by Amazon. Twitch is owned by Amazon. So there will be an advertise free advertising on Twitch for it through yeah. like just channel manipulation and it's going to draw a lot of buzz and people generally want to play it because they'll see everyone else playing it. Dom, is this the wow killer? I just want to briefly say, ask if you guys remember Black Desert online. No. Is that the helicopter no. one? No. no. So that was touted as the way I'll kill up when that came out. It was a beautiful Korean MMO that had just like the craziest character creation and the most fluid combat ever. It's still going strong. But uh, the fact that you guys just didn't know it kind of makes me believe that it's going to be a similar with New World. Though, I, would, I wouldn't have known it even. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, based on the game. Though they didn't have Amazon backing them, so that could be the deciding factor. Yeah, exactly. Wow, we'll kill right. it safe. Well, yeah, we'll kill Well, we'll kill itself. <laughs> uh, AJ2 Fuego knows a, he's an avid WoW player. So, yeah, yeah he mm -hmm. uh, can confirm you've heard it from him first. He's played WoW yeah. since he was, yeah, half his life yeah. even. I think it was like 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good call, Fuego. <laughs> good call. All right. Well, what we're going to do now, I'm going to formally wrap up the show and then we'll hang back for a little bit to answer those questions. Um, just going to make my editing life a lot easier to wrap it up here first. So, um, Dom, thank you so much for joining us. Vinny, as always, it's always fantastic to, to do uh, any content with you. If you haven't already, check out our YouTube channel. We do have uh, exclusive content that goes on there. Uh, the... Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, uh, I was going to say Smash Brawl, All-Star Battle Royale game. Uh, uh, video is live on the YouTube where the guys talk through their most anticipated characters to join the roster. So you can find us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Busy Playing Something. Uh, you can find Dom at Us Vs. Uh, them. Yep. Is that us right? Us Them Gaming. Yeah, I got it. Us Vs. Them Gaming. It is on the screen right in front of me. So uh, thank you for joining. Dom, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up to go to questions? Uh, no, thank you guys for having me. Repeat, baby. 
Covered through bit. People are loving you in the chat. I'm seeing uh, make. No, um... I very much appreciate that. Thank you to the Dom squad in mm. the chat. I love you guys, and uh, thanks for having me. And Vinny, any anything you want to say uh, before we wrap up? No, well, you know, happy. Hope everyone's staying safe during lockdown. You know, happy, uh, yeah. happy, happy six But we'll get through this, and you know, we'll, we'll back, be we're back f- here again. <laughs> yeah, we're officially 51 minutes into lockdown, so you know, so far so good. You're here with us. Yeah, exactly. What, yeah. what better way? So again, chat, load up your questions. I'm going to wrap up the show now. This has been Busy Playing Something, episode 62. I have been your host for today. Sean will be returning uh, next week uh, for Busy Playing Something, episode 63. Vinny, do the honors. May the power protect you. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. You ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? Behold my greatest creation, Mac.